Welcome to the Mentality Podcast. This podcast is going to range from anything to do with your mindset hacks to body hacks to workout hacks within the gym from a qualified personal trainer. It's going to be a rocky ride, guys, but this podcast is going to help you focus on learning more about yourself, learning more about your body, and really focusing on how to make the most of this beautiful life we are given. So buckle up and let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode. This episode is going to be following our attachment style series and this is one of the last ones. We've got two more to go. The final attachment style is going to be pretty short so that episode I will probably combine with another episode but this episode today is going to be on the disorganized attachment style. This is often called the fearful avoidance. So fun fact disorganized attachment is my attachment style. I started off being a secure attachment when I was like in my early dating life and then relationships happened and I became more anxious attachment and then I would say since my last relationship I definitely have now become more disorganized I have my attachment style really did shift due to a lot of like I guess trauma and a lot of things that happened with that relationship that kind of caused fears that I didn't really register that I had and I started acting in a way I guess that I hadn't prior so that is one of the interesting things I want to talk about is that you know your attachment style can change throughout your life you're not always going to be the same one and a lot of what happens in your life can actually dictate what your attachment style ends up being that can change over time what we start off with isn't always what we end up with and the great thing about that is that means that if you're more of the anxious or the disorganized or avoidant you can always work towards becoming a secure attachment it doesn't mean that that's out of your grasp so to speak so let's go on to the disorganized attachment so also known as the fearful avoidant attachment people that have this attachment are often people who have been verbally verbally sexually or physically abused in their childhood this isn't always the case um this is just generalizing as well so it's when the child's only source of safety who is their caregiver becomes a source of fear so if you fear your parents from a young age you're scared of them that does bring in this fear of you know the only source of safety you have is your caregiver and then you fear them people with this attachment are extremely inconsistent in their behavior and they have a hard time trusting others this is when you get that whole wishy-washy hot and cold kind of vibe this is 
the inconsistency that consistency that happens with a disorganized attachment. People with disorganized attachment often suffer from mental health issues, often substance abuse issues, and it is very common in people who have borderline personality disorder. The lack of coherence in these individuals is how they behave socially. So people with disorganized attachment do behave differently in social situations than, say, somebody who is anxious or somebody that is avoidant. Also, if you can hear a noise in the background, my dog is scratching and it is driving me absolutely up the wall. So bear with. In childhood, for a disorganized attachment, there is this perceived fear that is the central aspect. So fear for this attachment style is central. Unlike, say, anxious attachment where it's not so much the fear for them, it's this anxiety, which is often where the name anxious attachment comes from. But people with disorganized attachment, they often had caregivers who were very inconsistent in their behavior. And this meant that the child really didn't know what to get. They also had this constant fear for their own safety because one moment the caregiver would be fine and the next moment the caregiver would lash out. Therefore, they had no idea what to expect. Another reason for this fear in the childhood is when they witness traumatic experiences that involve the attachment figure. So if they came from an abusive home, if they witness, say, one of the caregivers abusing the other caregiver, that's going to create this disorganized attachment. Often there is no trust in the child within their caregiver. We move on to the relationships of a disorganized attachment. This is where they lack a coherent approach. On the one hand, the disorganized wants to be loved and be in love. But on the other hand, they're afraid to let anyone in that could hurt them. They have this strong fear that the clo they'll lose the closest to them or that they will get hurt. They fear intimacy and proximity but the main difference between them and an avoidant is that they actually want a relationship. Avoidants generally don't want a relationship. They'll avoid that kind of, you know, the next level, the intimacy, what we talked about in the last episode. But disorganized actually do want that intimacy, but they fear it. They are expecting and waiting for rejection, disappointment or hurt to come. In their perception of the world, this is inevitable. It's something that is always going to happen to them. Disorganized attachments are often the ones who have probably had the hardest relationship trauma to deal with, and they've had it constantly again and again and again, which creates this perception to them that everyone's going to always leave them because everyone before has. It's not that they reject emotional intimacy. They're just afraid of it. There's that fear aspect with this attachment that overarches everything else. 
they will view their partner as somebody who is unpredictable, even if the partner has given them no reason to feel that way. They have trouble believing that their partner will love and support them. And this mindset can turn into a form of self-sabotaging. Often, this was also common with an anxious attachment. They will often self-sabotage because they will overthink. They will get too caught in their head. Disorganized do this as well. But it's not so much getting caught in their head. It's more this mindset of nobody's going to stick around. Nobody's going to stay with me. And this is often where that the avoidance side of the disorganized attachment comes in, where they often end their relationships prematurely. The moment things start getting like really good with somebody, the moments the relationship starts to form and it could actually go somewhere and there's a future that could be potentially there. This is when the disorganized will run because that avoidance side to them will kick in and they will want to push themselves away even if they actually still want the relationship it's that fear that's going to overarch everything else they're expecting the rejection even when there's no signs of rejection from their partner their partner could be saying all the right things to them yet in their mind they're still thinking i'm not good enough they're just going to leave me anyway they're not going to stick around even if their partner has given them absolutely no reason to feel this way Disorganized tend to have a negative view of themselves and others. And because of this, they're at high risk of developing mental health issues. So how did a disorganized change this? How do you live with this attachment style? And how do you move past this urge to want to be close one minute and then want to be distant the next. How do you balance those push and pull kind of movements? It's not easy. It's Imagine you're playing a game that you never really understood the rules to because that's kind of what it is like. Being with, on the other side of it, being with somebody who is disorganized, it's very unpredictable. The relationship's going to have a lot of ups and downs. So how does an avoidant, uh, how does the disorganized actually heal this? How do they heal themselves? How do they heal their attachment? How do they, how do they actually maneuver the fact that they have this anxious side and they have this avoidant side? Well, firstly, avoiding proximity is not the solution for a, a disorganized attachment. Avoiding people, avoiding relationships, separating yourself from everyone, being alone all the time is not a solution to the problem. You need to learn to trust people. Also, therapy is a great one that comes up in all my attachment styles. Therapy. There's also self-regulation. You need to be able to have this ability to control your emotions and your actions. You need to like be able to understand what you're responding and if it's appropriate in that kind of situation. You need to understand your emotional triggers, especially let's talk about your dimensions. 
as a disorganized, you have your anxious dimension and you have your avoidant dimension. You'll have triggers for different ones. So some disorganized are more avoidant, some are more anxious. For me, me for example, I'm an anxious disorganized attachment. So I will be triggered more in my anxious dimension than I would be in an avoidant dimension because I tend to not pull avoidance so much. I'm more of the anxious type. So for me, for an example, for my partner to trigger me, it's when they behave inconsistently, when they seem distant or distracted, when they forget important events, when they come home late and fail to communicate. And these are like four simple things that you would expect out of anybody. But for somebody who is an anxious person, somebody who is very triggered because they overthink, the moment someone becomes inconsistent is the moment you will start to then question everything. And that pulls on this anxious dimension. Now we look at the avoidant dimension. This is when your partner starts to attempt to become emotionally close to you, where they become, they start acting unpredictable and making the situation become more out of control. So you lose that sense of control within the situation. If they require dependence from you, if they confront you with inconsistency or create an emotional situation, can you see how the avoidance and the anxious dimensions are quite different in their triggers. Somebody who is triggered anxiously is going to be the person who is going to latch more on and want that close proximity more. Whereas somebody who is more avoidant is going to keep the person at arm's length a bit more. And this is where learning about your, this is where you learn about the anxious and your avoidance attachments and how they actually do overlap into disorganized because disorganized is essentially both of them, but slightly different. When When you do have a disorganized attachment, you do need to learn self-regulation this is the same with every attachment you need to learn to self-soothe to self-regulate to actually recognize what your attachment role plays in your life in your relationships it also plays a huge role in how you respond to situations and having that self-awareness on your triggers is so so important because it's going to help you respond in a more balanced way. You're not going to always just snap and be triggered so easily. Some tricks you can do in a relationship is actually, especially for somebody who falls more on the avoidance spectrum, is start practicing communicating your feelings. Be more Practice being more open with your partner, even if it's just like small little things at the start. You need to start discussing these feelings in a more functional way rather than trying to repress them because uh, your 
afraid because essentially that's what a lot of us do with our feelings we repress them out of fear of hurt fear of rejection fear that the person's not going to feel the same way and then you never truly let yourself open up to the possibility of but what if they do feel the same way and that can be really scary you also need to learn to take the personal space when you need it for the disorganized who falls more on the anxious side that is going to be hard for you because you're going to be want to attach to that person all the time that's generally the consensus but you need to learn to give your partner space but also give yourself that space you need because sometimes space is good you need to start identifying those thoughts in your head those compelling thoughts in your head that tell you to suppress your feelings because you're scared something you say is going to scare that person off. And that's where open communication is going to like start playing a role in it as well. You need to start taking the time to think about your needs and how to best express them. Because nobody's going to be able to read your mind or guess what you need. It's really hard for disorganized because there is this conflicting relationship once that they have. It's the best I can describe it is a pendulum swinging from one way to the other. You've got this negative view of yourself and then the pendulum swings from this negative view of self and then your negative view of others. And it swings between the two. Often this is where you get that disconnect from yourself. And this is where you get highly elevated levels of emotional stress within your relationships, more so than a regular person. So it's a constant swinging motion of, it's me but no, it's them, it's me, but no, it's them, then there's this fear that's attached to it as well, this fear of opening up to people, this fear of actually letting somebody in, this fear of trusting, because with your attachment style, those caregivers, those people you loved in your childhood, you were scared of them, there were all these things surrounded by the situation, whether that be abuse, emotional, mental, where you saw traumatic things happen. This is, these are things that will trigger you. These are things that show that the people that you love in your life are sometimes people you can't actually trust. And that gives you that negative view of relationships. It doesn't mean you don't want one, but it does mean there is always going to be this fear attached to a relationship for you. You're going to constantly have that fear. And you're going to need to learn to actually deal with that. I'll use me for an example because I've spent a lot of time looking back on this and figuring this out and, you know, really doing the work for myself. Because obviously I went from being an anxious attachment to then disorganized, which I now have a lot of um, 
avoidant tendencies I didn't have before. I have a lot of, you know, those moments of you start liking somebody, you get close to somebody and you want to pull away because you get that fear. I never had that in past relationships. Um, it's very weird. I have always been very, um, I don't know the correct word I'm trying to find right now, but I have always, uh, I'll use this one as an example. I've always been quite rash with relationships, with love, with liking someone essentially. I was always that person who was fearless. I would jump in head first, no matter if I would get hurt. I didn't care. I would rather have told the person how I feel than not tell them at all. And that sometimes served me well and sometimes didn't. You know, but that is life. You can't win them all. And I spent a lot of my early relationships doing that. And no matter how many times I got knocked back down, it didn't stop me from wanting to find love, from wanting to find that person. But my last relationship was with somebody who was very avoidant and very inconsistent and uncommunicative. Somebody who would get stressed and would shut down and not speak to me and just basically disappear and not communicate to me. And then I was there, obviously being an anxious attachment, I was there thinking it was me, thinking it was my fault, thinking I'd done something. And this inconsistency caused a lot of avoidant traits in me because I started getting fearful. I started actually fearing because at one stage this person basically said they didn't like feel what they felt for me anymore um that and then the next minute they flipped back again and then they did and it's like that inconsistency made it so hard to trust that person so hard to trust in what they were saying and I didn't actually realize it at the time when we were together and I didn't realize it for a while after until I started, you know, going back out there and dating again. And I started realizing I, the moment things started getting a bit too serious or a bit too emotional, I would pull it back. I would keep everything quite surface level. I'd keep everything quite physical based. I focused a lot on just keeping it to that level so then, you know, at least if they rejected me, it wasn't about who I am as a person. It was more about, you know, the physical side of things, and that was fine for me. Um, I mean, it's not that fine. It still sucks, but I unknowingly started having these avoidant spells <laughs> and these avoidant like attachment style triggers, which is so interesting because I've always been anxious as an attachment and now I can actually see in like 
relationships when I'm with somebody, when I'm talking to somebody, I actually get a bit scared. Not of the person, of the feelings of, you know, getting attached to somebody, of liking somebody, of letting this person um, come into my life that could possibly hurt me. And before I was always so rash, I wasn't often very scared of these kind of things. And now it's something I have to actually constantly pull back on and realize I'm doing it because I'm like, I'm going to hold myself back if I don't let myself just, you know, you, you got to take the plunge. Not with everyone, obviously, but if there's somebody worth it and if there's somebody you really feel something for, like, is that not worth taking the risk of potentially it not working out and potentially getting hurt? Like, wouldn't you rather try than let it slip by? And the old me would have 100% rush, like, been so rash and just gone for it. Never mind, like, the repercussions of how hurt I would get. But me now, I actually think about that side of things. I'm a bit more fearful. And it's given me a different perspective, definitely on um, on dating, on letting people in, on being a bit more reserved, I would say. I'm not as open emotionally as I used to be as a person. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think it's probably beneficial because it means I'm going to take my time I'm going to be more of a slow burn I'm not going to rush so quickly into things it doesn't mean that I can't still communicate how I feel because communication to me is the most important thing in anything is communicating so I do feel like that's never going to be an issue for me I communicate but I do feel like now I don't communicate my feelings in such an emotional way as I used to. I hold back a lot, I would say, more than I used to. I am very much more, I guess, reserved about that. And I am still learning because aren't we all? And I really do think that whatever happened in my past and stuff, it's definitely shaped me as a person. And it's also going to help me in the future because I'm slowly building my way up to being a secure attachment. And that's basically, you know, the end goal. Everyone wants to be secure. Um, not all secure attachments obviously are completely secure. It's not, you're not perfect, but I do want to have that secure attachment type and I do want to you know be able to bring a different side to my relationships I don't want to have to have this anxiety or this fear associated with relationships I want to be able to enjoy relationships and I do think like the more I work on myself that that's actually going to come with time because I can feel now, even now, with dating and stuff, that 
I have become a lot more, I'm definitely not secure, but I've become a lot more relaxed, I would say. I'm not as anxious, I'm not as emotional. I do try and just let things happen at their natural course and, you know, I think that's a thing that a lot of us, especially with a disorganized attachment, struggle to do is giving up that sense of control because then there comes that fear that everything's out of your control and you can't control others. And unfortunately, that is life. We can't control others. So for anyone with a disorganized attachment like myself, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I promise you that. It is not easy. Um, it's definitely not easy when you evolve from one to another and you start changing. But that is what being human is. It's We have all this growth. We have all this change in us. And nobody's perfect. But, you know, we can still try. We can still always put in the work because at the end of the day, and I'm not saying, you know, end your relationships and be single so you can work on yourself. There is no such thing as not being, like, having to be single to be able to work on yourself. You can be in a relationship and work on yourself. There's not, there's no such thing as you have to stop all your relationships. You have to seclude yourself from others just to be able to do the self-work. You can be with people. You can be with someone and do the self-work. But just make sure you're not relying on that person to heal you because it's not up to another person. It's up to yourself. With that being said, I'm going to end this episode here. And the next episode is going to be the New Year's one. Obviously, it's going to be a new year. It's going to be 2024. And I am excited to put 2023 behind me. I really am. Um, 2024 is going to be an exciting year for me. There's a lot of things coming up that I'm excited about. So thank you guys for listening. And I hope everyone has a great new year.